0: everyone so it's five o'clock in the morning somewhere in London I'm grossly jet-lagged and I was thinking about International Women's Day and how to say something really intelligent about it without sounding like a hypocrite which is really difficult but those that know me know that male female I don't care it doesn't make any difference to me I raise my kids in that way in that my daughters can be anything that they want to be. They want to be pilots, astronauts, data scientists. They want to work in tech. They want to play soccer. My daughter plays in a mixed team. Who cares? I've honestly never cared, but it's never always been like that, has it? It's always been throughout my history of when I was studying an MBA, there was just so many men and very few women. And they had good initiatives to help um provide discounts for female leaders to come through and even when I worked in tech there was just you know I was in a go-to-market meeting once one female in the entire group and as a leader I'm someone that I employ people based on whether they're whatever they are male female nothing I don't care like as long as you can do the job I think the more diversity we bring the better the team is the different perspectives that you can bring and, and I'm really proud to have worked with for so many amazing females throughout my career and i'm not going to rattle them all off because i was actually lying here jet lagged in bed and i think i counted like 25 or 30 amazing females that i've worked with and it's just too many for me to go and list on this video but there is one female that i wanted to highlight today and um, she's the reason why i went to work at content square because she's the chief product officer at content square. And when I sat down and did this podcast with Lucy Buson, I just saw a completely different side of the way she runs a team and the empathy that she brings, the humor and intelligence and smarts and creativity. And, um, and I just was really excited about working for her and, um, I loved one part of the podcast when she said she was raised to believe that she could do anything she wants. And that's how I raised my kids. So on International Women's Day, I wanted to um, publish this podcast with Lucy Buson, which was the end of a long workshop where Lucy and I sat down, had a bottle of champagne and talked about running tech, being a leader, not worrying about whether you're a male or a female. The Tech Seeking Human podcast is a podcast about AI developed by humans. We're asking the big questions. Is AI going to cure cancer? Is it going to make our lives better? Will it help us improve our jobs? Or will it eliminate them altogether? Potentially even eliminate humans altogether. Dave, you and drama, drama, drama. Well, it's possible. So we set off on a journey to interview some of the brightest minds in the world. TED Talk speakers, thought leaders, keynote speakers, authors, journalists, people like Max Tegmar, Trisha Wong, Hannah Fry, the list goes on. See, Max actually thinks that the AI could potentially wipe out the human race. Well, less than 50%. Join us for the Tech Seeking Human podcast. Subscribe now, hit the like button. Well, how do we do a podcast where I haven't got a drink, we're in Paris, why are we doing this? We need to be doing this properly. So, yeah, in the true sense- Yeah, I don't sense, want to be
1: alone drinking,
0: you know? In the true sense of Paris, I thought oh. I would bring something special. Let's, let's start by getting to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Uh, so, I'm Chief Product Officer at Canton Square. We are helping our customer understand better their customer online, so they can build. I like the sound of this.
0: That sounded good, didn't it? it Helping your customer to deliver better digital experiences, (coughs) pop, there's the shampoo.
1: Exactly. Yeah, uh, really helping them building more empathy with their customer, so they know better uh, how to help them, uh, so they create amazing experience. So customer happy, they buy more, they come back more and like uh, happy, be- happy brand, happy customer, happy content square.
0: Essentially you're sort of, you're positively following users as they go through websites and helping brands optimize their site, improve conversion rates, look at what's engaging, what's not engaging, look where there's problems in that experience so that people can have better experiences every time they go online, right?
1: Yeah, we do that, exactly. And we do that uh, by focusing only on the... Cheers. Cheers. Focusing only on uh, the behavior and the context. Like, uh, what we say is that we don't need to know who you are in order to understand what you are trying to achieve. And if you get frustrated or super happy about that. So I think that this is really the key of what we do. We collect uh, a lot of data uh, from the experience, the clicks, the hovers, the errors, the merchandising data. Uh, But we don't collect any uh, private information. We don't need any uh, private information in order to uh, start building this empathy. If you think about it, like um, if you're in a store, uh, you you don't have to ask your customer name before you start helping them, mm-hmm. because you can just read their body language, right? Like, yeah. uh, if I'm running and I'm sweaty, nobody's going to tell me about the DNA of the brand, right? Yeah. They're just going to help me check out as fast as possible yeah. because it's obvious that I, I am in a hurry. And online, we have even more data than we have uh, offline, uh, to, to be able to better understand our customer. Yeah. So it's a massive untapped opportunity.
0: Is, this a, is it really common? Like, is it something that every brand is doing or is there a gap between the companies that think they're delivering really good digital experiences but that don't quite have the visibility that would help them really understand that customer?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's for me to answer. I think it's for the customer of our customer to answer. Okay. And when we do studies, what we see is that uh, 80% of people say they are frustrated by their online experience, you know? I think COVID has changed a lot. I think before, for a lot of traditional businesses, the website was equal to uh, your biggest store or equal to your biggest agency uh, if you are in travel or in banking and etc. And during COVID, because everybody has to shut down in one Mm -hmm. night, suddenly the person in charge of the digital experience has become someone very important and got much more budget, but much more traction. And now I think it's top of mind of C-levels. So we really see uh, that it's resonating, resonating more and more and we really see our customer investing in product like ours, but also in teams, you know, because you need to dedicate, it, you need to dedicate people in order to create those uh, amazing experience.
0: I want to go into a few things around being a female leader in technology. Were you raised as someone to work in tech? No, I mean,
1: take like uh, completely uh, by chance. I was uh, just out of uh, business school. And I did uh, the entrepreneurship uh, major because at that time I wanted to create my own company. I think I was raised to create my own company. I come from a family of entrepreneurs uh, and I was super lucky that my parents raised me in a way that I didn't know that uh, there was differences between men and women. I really felt growing up that uh, I can do whatever I want and I know not a lot of people uh, feel that way. So I was finishing an internship at a company named Sarenza. And uh, long story short, uh, I was trying to work on re- uh, conversion and retention and loyalty, but we didn't have any data. And they wanted to switch to, to, uh, to conversion because the cost of acquisition was too high. Mm-hmm. But every time the acquisition team was putting money in the machine, they knew exactly what was the ROI. And us on the conversion team, because we didn't have data, we couldn't prove the value of our program. And then by chance, uh, I got to, to learn about Compton Square. I met Jonathan Cherky, our CEO. And I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I missed. And, uh, but at the time, I thought it was consulting. And I realized after arriving that we, ha- we were having our own product. Uh, but at that, at that time, it was more consulting and doing the switch to self-service, you know. And after six months being at Content Square, uh having our first customer using the platform by themselves, our CTO convinced our CEOs that they needed someone in between, and they asked me to create the product team.
0: I'm going to ask one thing. You made a comment about women in tech, and you said you were lucky that your parents raised you in a way that meant that it didn't matter whether you were male or female. And a lot of people will struggle with like, tech teams that are very male orientated and whether it's the companies and and the people that are hiring that are causing the bias, or is there something we can do as parents? And I'm a parent of two girls. And I teach my girls that they can do anything they want to do.
1: I think it's it's a lot of... uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on parents. I think it's a parenting thing, I think it's a society team, I think it's a company thing. Mm -hmm. We have to create role model. you know? Mm. I was very touched by uh, when she came into office, uh, Kamala Harris, she had a beautiful speech about uh, I hope that a young woman uh, by seeing me now on stage being a woman of colour, they say that everything is possible. So I think the role model is important.
0: Wait, I think- did you say Camilla Harris yes. came to the office? Ah, oh, no, 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 Oh, no, no, no. oh like- I came into office. I was, yeah, oh, all of a sudden office. I was like, oh, my God, this is getting even really, really. But I agree with us. you, I agree with you. Yes. So she's vice president of yeah. the United States. Yes, yes. I was like, what is she doing coming into Paris at the Content Square no, office? No, she's but-
1: not, she's not, like, soon. She hasn't yet. She will yet. be here soon. She yeah. hasn't yet.
0: Open invitation.
1: Exactly, open invitation. Anyway, now, and I think it's it's a lot also about the parents, yeah, and um, you know how when you are a girl, very often you are asked to be kind and careful and empathetic and quiet and not too funny? Mm. I think those are, you know, like it's, it's, it's hard, like uh, if when you are a girl you are told to do stuff that are, uh, your little brother or big brother cannot do, you know? It mm-hmm. creates, creates a mindset. So yeah, my sister and I, we were, we were very lucky to have parents that always told us that uh, whatever we want, we can get, and to really like, push us uh, in, uh, in being ourselves, you know, so.
0: It seems to me in my research when I was looking at Content Square that there's this human factor. Content Square has this moral backbone and is doing good from what I understand.
1: We do uh, to try to contribute uh, to a better world is to try to make the digital world more accessible. Uh, Because if you create amazing experience for half of the population, it's not enough, you know? If half of the population have some disability that is making it harder for them to browse online, and now you see that a lot of services are only available online. Like, if you want to do your tax,
0: mm. you
1: have to do it I online. I don't
0: want to, but yeah. You don't want to? No, I don't want to. <laughs> if, if that like, fails, that'd be great. And yeah. we get extensions. <laughs> that'd that'd be really let's good. Let's not do tax can we, anymore. Yeah, can we not do tax? Exactly. Let, or, or let's bring tax down. That, and we'd be really popular with everyone, I reckon.
1: <laughs> uh, not very French.
0: <laughs> not, no, not very French. <laughs>
1: uh yeah like I and mean, it's it's like this for everything now if you want to take a train ticket you you, it, you it's it's gonna be digital you know yeah so you cannot it's we cannot say okay some part of our life are, are going to be online mandatory and not make sure that everybody can access so we are also trying to help our customer understand how they can make their under their experience more accessible yep and the third topic we are working on and it's uh, it's new, we, we are learning. It's how do you make your experience sustainable? Um, 10% of the CO2 emission today come from digital browsing. Wow. So we also have a part, you know, and it's stuff as simple as you have a video on your homepage that is not creating any engagement. It's useless, which means that you are um uh, making your speed performance uh less good yep. uh every time it's loading you are losing money because you are paying your cpu on your server plus yep. you are hurting the planet yeah so you know let's make it great for your customer let's make it great for yourself because you're saving money and let's make it great for the planet
0: uh, That's it's nice because as you think about it, you go 10% is digital and the way in which the cloud keeps growing 30% quarter on quarter, we're just getting more and more digital. We're storing more photos. We exactly. want more videos. There's more TikTok. These things run in the data center. Data centers consume power. CPU costs money, costs the environment. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm going to read a phrase for you. Okay? Okay. And I'm going to do it in French. Okay. No, just with désolée. Uh, <laughs> Domia se moria un po Domia Se Moria po', Which translates to
1: Sleeping is dying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: why why is someone telling me to tell you this?
1: <laughs> because um, because he was I think he was our sort of fourth kickoff, company kickoff, you know, every year we are bringing the team together. Mm. Uh, because we think that we are in a, a human business
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that if our, if the C-Squad, our employee can connect, spend time together, have a laugh, uh, discuss about where they are disagreeing, then the company is going to be 10 times uh, better, you know? Yeah. And we're going to create more value for our customer. Yes. Uh, and we're going to Morocco uh, and... Uh, and the schedule was a bit weird, you know. Like, uh, so we had uh, two days, two nights, and on the second night, uh, we were supposed to take the bus at six a.m. or five thirty a.m. to go to the airport, mm-hmm. and the party was ending at four in the morning. Four a.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I told people it was just an advice. Sleeping is dying. If you go to sleep at four and you try to wake up at five. You're gonna die. So basically, <laughs> my advice was don't go to sleep. Just go straight from the party to the bus to the airport.
0: So you're the type of leader that encourages the team to stay up all night, <laughs> stay at the party, keep collaborating, keep talking about the problems, <laughs> networking with each other,
1: creating a better product.
0: Go, yeah, yeah. Yes, How do we exactly. go to market more effectively? You know what sort of you know branding techniques and how are we going to sell this product at four o'clock in the morning for a flight at six? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, like I've heard of the Japanese culture, and they're like stay in the office until the boss leaves. Is it a culture of? <laughs> <laughs> is it a culture of stay at the party and until the, the boss- chief pro- product officer <laughs> goes home?
1: Yeah, but uh, I don't think we can make that a policy because a lot of people will get a hard time because I'm uh, very often the last one to go to bed.
0: You are. And from what I've witnessed, you do have an immense amount of energy (laughs) and passion for what you do. (laughs) It is like 8.30. You've had two days of really intense workshops with your team. Are you happy with the last two days?
1: I think we, for me, when we do this kind of uh, workshop, um, it's half training, half, uh, no, one-third training, one-third decision-making and alignment, and one-third solutioning. It's really important to eat your own food, you know? Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to push to the team is uh, how much we have to understand the context understand our customer understand the market so we can have the best problem framing and we can identify the biggest problem i love when we can go through this entire process and that we are leaving the room more confident as then we enter the room because and it's a tricky exercise because when you get your team to think about problems during 4 hours it can be it can create a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. but if they are not facing their problem and our problem and if we don't have a clear mind on where we are good and where we are not we cannot progress so it's always this a uh, fine balance between how much we want to expose everything we still have to do uh or not and uh, how how many solutions we can find in order to fix that you know
0: the context is really interesting because it was something that i was often sharing with my team when i was in america and i said people will be more motivated by the fact that if they understand the context if they know why it is we do what we need to do they'll put more effort towards the solution of
1: course of course
0: and so you do you learn that by from someone, did you learn that from reading? Do you just natively understand that?
1: Uh I think uh I'm a very intuitive person, which is weird intuitive. for someone. Intuitive. Intuitive. Yeah. For someone that works in uh in tech and data. Yeah. But I think I, I I feel a lot of things. And I think reading for me was a way to um put patterns and framework into what I was feeling. So until I until some key readings for me, I could feel some stuff, but it was hard for me to be a leader and a manager because I didn't know how to explain what I was trying to achieve. And I think reading and going to training and watching video and etc. helped me deconstruct why I want to do things. You know?
0: You know, like in management, and like I'm, I'm has been way like right-brained, creative type person and hence why we're doing a podcast and and winging it at the same time. But, but you're taught and maybe through my studies I was taught more to be like you have to shape the left side and be more process and more orientated that way. Um, where would you sit? Because the way I see it is I see and we've talked about how You're passionate and you're energy and you're up all night and unfortunately that's me. And then my downfall sometimes if I'm being completely honest is I go too fast, I don't let people catch up and I had to learn as a leader when I was in my last role that you're only as good as the last person in your team and if they can't keep the context and if they can't keep up, and you've gone too fast, they fall off. And, and someone said, it's like being on the back of a jet ski and you're <laughs> driving the boat, and they are falling off, and you haven't noticed, and you're, like, just powering away. <laughs> and you're like, well, where Living the, where, your best where, where, life. Where, 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 <laughs> I love it out here. But well, where is my team?
1: Pierre, who is our chief revenue officer, who is a mentor to me, was always telling me, alone you go fast, together we go far. And I think I had to process this sentence a lot, you know? And now I really understand that. I think there is this. There is also understanding that, and what I'm going to say is going to sound a bit like uh, politically correct, but I I really mean it and I believe it, that we all have a different kind of intelligence, you know? And that uh, if you are only surrounded by people that have your kind of intelligence, uh, you're going to go faster, but you're going to go in the wrong direction. And now, if you bring people around the table that have a different brain and a different way of thinking, uh, it's much harder. It's much more frustration. It's much more conflict. It's because we are French. So we don't know yeah, how yeah. to talk without conflict, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we must yes. fight. We must debate, you know? Yeah. In, in, in I don't dance. like anything.
0: I don't like this. I don't like anything. <laughs> no, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, uh, but if you, you know, if instead of uh, trying to argue all the time, uh, like, we disagree, okay? Let's say we disagree. Instead of trying to convince you, I ask you why you think the way you think, and what are the information you have that make you think that this is the best decision, now we're starting having a conversation that is so rich, you know? The way I, I look at it now is I think, I don't think my my job is not anymore to create a product, because we are too big for that. My job is to create a team that can create a product. I'm looking at my team as a product. So I'm like, okay, what are the need, pain, and desire of my team? How do I, uh, what are the biggest uh, opportunity, and how can I solve for that? And I think for me, making this switch has made management super interesting. And since I'm looking at my organization as a product, I love working on my organization. And before that, I was a bit uh, overwhelmed by uh, micro issue, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, it's like if you if you are a product team that is just trying to cope with every single support ticket, you're going to be overwhelmed. If now you are able to cluster support tickets and you're able to anticipate issue, you have a product strategy. And I think with your org, it's the same. If you look at individual issue, people in your team can have, it's overwhelming. If now you make the job of understanding what's the pattern and how you can break the pattern and how you can enable them, uh, it's super interesting, you know?
0: There's so many things
1: that <laughs> yeah, resonate with me. I'm talking it's... too much. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, it's, it's really, really interesting. So basically, you're not in the product anymore. And I've heard this before from other product leaders. You're now in enablement and you want your team to be elevated. And I saw this in the workshop where you gave context and then you step back and then you let everyone speak. And the room felt free to speak. It wasn't like everyone was like, I need to say something good so Lucy says I'm good. There's this trust in the group, that it's like, this is what I think and this is what I feel. And I used to work for an Austrian company, and I was trying to work out whether it's, is it, is it an international type understanding that causes this real reason to listen, like really listen. I heard something the other day, and they said, there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth.
1: <laughs> I know listen, this
0: one. Yeah, listen more than you speak. I know this one, yeah. And if you and I sat in a group with people today and and I thought i i I've, I'm an arrogant Australian, and I've seen something before, and I was like, "I know what this is," and I would write it, and then they would rewrite it as something else, and I'd be staring at it going, "It doesn't even make sense what they've written." and then you would go, "Why is this?" and then you, you actually start to unwrap what they mean and by asking the questions, you get deeper into a solution and then even me who can be too quick to jump to a conclusion can then come back a step and go, huh, I see what you're saying. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: It's the five whys.
0: Ah, now we're onto something. Five whys. This is a trait that I'm familiar with. Is this something that you bring to your yeah i'm journey? trying to
1: yeah so as uh, someone it could be a customer it could be your boss it could be your partner is coming to you and is like can you do this for me and you think it's a really bad idea or you think it's not the priority or it's going to take you too much time and you don't have time okay so now you are like in a situation of complete uh, misunderstanding and you you're not going to agree right mm-hmm. because you're focusing on solution if now I tell you why do you want to do that why do you want me to have another glass of uh, champagne
0: because you seem to be enjoying it is this true
1: <laughs> are you are tricking me now <laughs> why do you think I'm enjoying it
0: because the other glasses have disappeared do you think salespeople ask five times why
1: they should i think it's a, a discovery meeting it's about asking five time why yeah yeah why why do you think you need content square okay because it's going to help my organization why do you think your organization needs to be helped you know and yeah. and you go back and then now you have the full context again we're going back to the context
0: you're so are you an extroverted person Very, like yeah. It. yeah yeah okay
1: i think i'm someone that is very extrovert but i think like every I think we think that extroverts uh, always need to be with people. I think we get our energy from people. We get so much energy from people, but we also get drained because we don't know how to stop. (laughs) I think extrovert people don't realise how much they need uh,
0: alone time. It's true, because, yeah, we burn out.
1: We don't know how to say no. Like, uh, like very often like people are going to tell like, ah oh, like when when can i see you and you know you don't have time because you already have this like massive day and the next day is going to be massive and you sh- you know you should go back at the hotel and rest but the opportunity is here so you're going to go you know and you're going to love it but if at some point you don't break the pattern and get some time to rest and reflect and digest you then you are down. like, uh... you
0: break down, Yes, you blow out. So we've covered a lot. You must be exhausted. No, I'm good. You Oh, because of course you have so much energy. <laughs> um no,
1: because I love talking.
0: Oh, and okay. I love talking
1: about myself because I have a, a big ego, you know, like...
0: Uh... <laughs> you do not. You like talking, but you I like love the energy. Talking. I'm the same. Yeah. This is why this could go on. In fact, if we're really honest, and, and no one would actually know this post-edit, but we talked so much that the battery went flat <laughs> on my portable camera. <laughs> <laughs> that brought with me. Then we now have we like, have to
1: do it again. We don't have an amazing spontaneous.
0: Scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're like, of all the people to go, hey, the podcast failed, we need to do it again, you'd be like, okay, cool, yeah. Do you want me to talk again for another hour? I can do that. <laughs> now, to finish, because, you know, as much as I would talk forever about this, um, advice to
1: my young self.
0: How did you know the question was coming? You, have you read my notes upside down? <laughs> advice to your 18 year old self.
1: Okay. So, from I think from 12 to 18, I was dreaming of being 25 or 30 years old because I was dreaming of, uh, I think I was dreaming of being autonomous, you know? Oh. I was dream, dreaming of uh, being able to do whatever I want uh, without asking permission. So, um, but because the camera did what 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 the camera <sighs> did, I had time to think, and I think oh. I think it was like I was so annoying to my parents because I was o- always asking them questions about oh. why is this thing work like this and why these things work like this, and so. Like when the camera shut down, I just thought about that. So my advice would be like, continue, continue asking yourself why and continue asking why, you know? I was telling you how I think my career or my professional development has been uh, about uh, how do you put um, framework into intuition you know and i think i've been always asking why but now i know that it's my job to ask why and i can explain to people why it's good to ask why you know so continue asking why and like uh refuse the situation when you don't think it should be the situation don't don't agree with something that is not what you want you know like uh, if you want more if you think it's unfair if you think like uh fight for it like, fight for it.
0: Is that a French trade, or is that just what you've learned?
1: To fight for... To fight for
0: what you want.
1: I think I was born like this.
0: Don't you have to compromise at some point, or are, you, or are there moments where you have to compromise?
1: Yeah, you have to, otherwise you become the vampire. Yeah.
0: Okay. No,
1: I think you have to understand... For what you
0: really believe in. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Choose your battle. I think this yeah. I've learned later, but I think it's a lot about choose your battle. If you like, when I was a teenager, I was the worst teenager. Why? Really? I was fighting for everything. Like you can ask my mom. Like every morning when we were having breakfast, I was like so upset about so many things. Someone would say something on the TV, and I would blow up because it was not okay. Yeah. And I think growing up, I learned how to, how I can like pick, pick the right battle, you know, Mm. and for the other battle, it's not exactly how I want it to be, but it's okay. You know? And the other thing about that is focus on the problem. Like if someone is like creating a solution that you don't think it's the best solution, you think another solution could have been like better. If they are fixing the problem. At the end of the day, like, uh, the problem is going to be fixed.
0: Pick the battles.
1: Pick the battles.
0: I like it. But then when you do, fight. Fight for what you believe in. Exactly. And be passionate about what you believe in. When you
1: in. go to battle, fight and win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, last question. Very last, very, very last question. I want you to project into the future five years, ten years, maybe longer, and finish this sentence. AI will. Dot, dot, dot. Uh,
1: I hope uh, AI is going to enable us uh, focusing on the right thing. I hope uh, AI, AI can help us like uh, spend less time into the things that are less rewarding for us and allow us to spend more time into the things that are rewarding for us.
0: Less of the mundane, manual, more of the things that make us happy.
1: Yeah, but if the main thing makes you happy, happy like, uh, uh, now, yeah, I think uh, it's really about, uh, again, it's about knowing uh, what are the inefficiency of your life, you know, what are the things you don't like to do, what are the things that are draining your energy because this is not who you are, and if AI can support that, amazing. If AI decide everything for us, uh, decide which content, which video, which conversation we're having, like uh, social network and dating app are doing now. I think it's a bit sad.
0: Very much so. Lucy, thank you so much. This has been one of the most fun conversations. I loved
1: it. Yeah, yeah you had yeah. a good time. Now it was amazing.
0: Um, thanks for being on the podcast, Lucy. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: I look forward to maybe having another chat with you at some point. Somewhere. Maybe we
1: can have another chat.
0: Maybe, maybe. All right.
1: Up footy.